So motion versus action, we'll discuss this a little bit, I'm sure, today, but this one reminds me a bit of that whole perfection versus progress that we talked about last week, but in sort of a little bit of a different way, like just coming at it from a slightly different angle. Which is the best thing about all of these books that we talk about, is it's all kind of got a similar point, but a different way of getting there. Yeah. It's cool to find that. I agree. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about being a better human through good habits, challenging yourself, learning from a wide range of experts, and celebrating all of the little wins along the way. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being, trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my discipline accountability partner, Jenny. That's me, Jenny Kaus, a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. We know from research and from our year of monthly habit challenges, how our daily choices impact and ultimately create our lives. So we're getting intentional about our habits and we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall, your own best self. On today's episode, which is episode 105 of The Improvement Project, we are going to wrap up our June exercise challenge and we are going to also discuss motion versus action, which I think in many ways is relevant to our June exercise challenge. Let's do a little review for those who might not be familiar with what we've been doing for this month. For June, we challenged each other and you to get moving every day for 20 to 30 minutes. This could be walking outside, riding a bike, doing yoga from a video, or playing with your kids. Now that we're approaching the end of June and this challenge, we wanted to check in with each other to see what we got out of the challenge. Uh, was it helpful? What did we learn? Will we keep it up? So Peg, how did it go? Well, I really enjoyed this challenge and we still have a few days left, so we aren't quitting yet. Yeah. As, as I've said a bunch of times, everything I want on the, is on the other side of consistency. And this challenge was helpful to get me back into the mindset of consistency and how it's more important than intensity or doing it quote perfectly. So if you missed last week's episode and you want to hear Jenny and I dig into the concept of progress versus perfection, check out episode 104. I'll put a link in the show notes. So through the month, my 20 minutes has sometimes been an intense hit workout where I do one of my hashtag hallway workouts. And sometimes it's strolling in the neighborhood with John and sometimes it's doing yard work. So I missed a couple of days in the month where I just didn't put it in the plan. And I've realized that that's the key, make a plan and build in some accountability. So, um, speaking of accountability, the thing that's been keeping me the most accountable through this challenge is showing up every day in the Facebook group throughout the month to add a reminder post and to see what all of our listeners and group members are up to. So we've had some really cool engagement there and it's been so awesome to see our listeners working on their own fitness and actually cheering everyone else on in the group. It's been very cool. Um, as for moving forward, I think as I mentioned, the biggest thing for me to stick with this consistently, which is my goal, is to make a plan at the beginning of each week and potentially also each day as to where that movement or exercise fits in and then put it on the calendar. Mm -hmm. And then I need to grab some accountability from you, my accountability partner, Jenny, or the Facebook group or John or wherever I can find it. As I am an obliger, according to Gretchen Rubin's framework, accountability, and I've learned this over and over again, is very key for me. So make a plan, get some accountability. 
that's, those are my learnings from this habit challenge. Cool. How about you? How did it go for you, Jenny? Or how is it going? Cause I know we still have a few days to go. Yeah. Well, and first off, well done. Oh, thank you. Small. Thank you. Of, thank you. A little pat re- on the back. Just put your arms straight up in the air, bend at the elbow and feel yourself pat your back. Do you feel the burn there? Love it. That was a good, good pat on the back. Thank good you. job. Thank you. Um, so yeah, it went well. Um, it's still going well, I should say. And I, I've really enjoyed having a challenge again. And I didn't think I would. Like I thought I'd kind of like done the challenge thing and was over it. I love it. I've really enjoyed doing this and it's been invigorating. I'm feeling a lot better. Um, I, I have managed to stick with the minimum of 20 minutes of activity a day. And I've I've definitely gone over this sometimes as well. So my preferred exercise is 20 minutes of, I would say, brisk walking. So not dawdling, but having a good brisk walk. Uh, And I also occasionally do bike rides as well, but I really do prefer the walking. That's what I've learned. Um, Right now, bikes, biking and walking are a pretty big part of our day. Uh, in terms of getting Ethan out for some movement and just getting out around the neighborhood as a break from when we're working or just in general being home more than usual. So it's it's been great. I feel really good. I think it's having some good spin-off effects as well, as I'll talk about later. I I think it's helping me kick another habit Ooh. that I was trying to get rid of. So Ooh, this is just, exciting say that, but I, it's just kind of been in the back of my mind every day that I need to make sure that that's one of the things I do. And it's, it's been pretty easy to remember. And on days with bad weather, I've had the fun little benefit of going on the treadmill and getting to watch a show. Um, but for the most part, it's been outside. We've had pretty good weather. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. great. That's awesome. Good for you, Jenny. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I think having the fact that we're doing it as a formal challenge has really helped as well. Just to have that structure. There's a ton of times when I would be like, "Mm, I'm done. And then I look at John and I'm like, I'm going for a walk. Do you want to come with me? And then he'll like grumble a little bit, but mostly he comes. But there's a couple of times I went on my own even and listened to a podcast as I was was walking. And I probably would not have done that if it wasn't for the challenge. So this is what I mean. (laughs) The challenge offers that cool accountability, which I love. So Thank you, uh, listeners, for offering that accountability, and Jenny, of course. And listeners, we want to hear how you have done or are doing with this challenge. So as always, reach out to us on the socials or send us an email and let us know. Yeah. All right. Today, we want to talk about something, and it's a concept that is motion versus action. So uh, I came across this while reading our our online pretend best friend, James Clear's book, again, because this book is sort of one of our go-to sources for anything to do with habits. So his book is called Atomic Habits. And here's the excerpt from his book that discusses this concept, motion versus action. There is a common mistake that often happens to smart people, in many cases, without you ever realizing it. The mistake has to do with the difference between being in motion and taking action. They sound similar, but they are not the same. Here's the deal. Motion versus action. When you're in motion, you're planning and strategizing and learning. Those are all good things, but they don't produce a result. Action, on the other hand, is the type of behavior that will deliver an outcome. 
Here are some examples, the last of which is related to exercise, which is what we are still focused on this June. If I outline 20 ideas for articles I want to write, that's motion. If I actually write and publish an article, that's action. If I search for a better diet plan and read a few books on the topic, that's motion. If I actually eat a healthy meal, that's action. If I explore different types of meditation, that's motion. If I actually sit down and meditate for one minute, that's action. If I go to the gym and ask about getting a personal trainer, that's motion. If I actually step under the bar and start squatting, that's action. Sometimes motion is useful, but it will never produce an outcome by itself. It doesn't matter how many times you go to talk to the personal trainer, that motion will never get you in shape. Only the action of working out will get the result you're looking to achieve. Mm. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I love it. I think about that. I was making lists last night of all the like projects I want to work on. Yeah. And this makes me think of it where it's like, instead of thinking about it, yet doing it. I think it's really common, which is part of the reason I wanted to talk about it because it really resonated for me. So I thought maybe some of our listeners might be into it too. Mm -hmm. It goes on to say, so why smart people find themselves in motion. So if motion doesn't lead to results, why do we do it? Sometimes we do it because we actually need to plan or learn more. And I agree with this. Like sure, I think definitely. that's important. Uh, but more often than not, we do it because motion allows us to feel like we're making progress without running the risk of failure. Most of us are experts at avoiding criticism. It doesn't feel good to fail or be judged publicly. So we avoid situations where that might happen. And that's the biggest reason why you slip into motion rather than taking action. You want to delay failure. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. This is like really it. well done. So he goes on to say, yes, I'd like to get in shape, but I don't want to look stupid in the gym. So I'll just talk to the trainer about their rates instead. Yeah, I'd like to lose weight, but I don't want to be the weird one who eats healthy at lunch. So maybe I should just plan some healthy meals when I get home instead. Do you know what this makes me think of? What? When you would say, I'm thinking about thinking about it. <laughs> right. like when you're, that was hilarious. Oh, and I, would, I, I still say that occasionally. And you're right. When I'm thinking about thinking about it, I'm totally in motion. I haven't really even moved to something that's going to move the needle. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is what I mean. This is cool. So he goes on to say this. It's easy to be in motion and convince yourself that you're still making progress. You think, I've got conversations going with four potential clients right now. This is good. We're moving in the right direction. Or I brainstormed some ideas for that book I want to write. This is coming together. Motion makes you feel like you're getting things done, but really you're just preparing to get something done. When preparation becomes a form of procrastination, you need to change something. You don't want to merely be planning. You want to be practicing. And then this is where um, I mentioned this when we, before we started recording tonight. This reminds me so much about what we talked about last week. Progress is more important than perfection. And when people get stuck in that procrastination, prepping, planning stage, it's kind of related to them wanting things to be perfect or having some fear around it instead of taking any action, no matter how small, which would be progress. So that's mm -hmm. the difference between motion and action. I love it. It's awesome. I like it. So here's some ideas for taking action. And these are two that James Clear does. You might be able to take a hint from his strategies for the things in your own life where you're not taking action. 
I'm going to read these very carefully because I'm very interested. Um, so the first one is set a schedule for your actions. So every Monday and every Thursday, write a new article and publish it to the world. It's just what happens on those days. It's my schedule. I love Mondays and Thursdays because I know I will always produce something on those days. I'll get a result. That's a good feeling. So for weightlifting, I train on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's the schedule every week. If I'm not planning or I'm not planning workout exercises, I'm not researching workout programs. I'm simply working out. Action, not motion. For ongoing goals and lifestyle changes, I think that this is the best approach. Set a schedule for your actions and stick to it. That's, I think that's great. Do you remember when we were talking about this and we said, get it off your mind and put it on your calendar? Yes, I love that. I thought that that was a, like a Jenny Cow's original, wasn't it? That, that statement? I don't, I have no idea if where it came from. It was in my brain. I don't know how it got there, but it really does. I think that that's exactly what this speaks to. And I think that there's not comfort, but relief in having a when. Definitely rather than just, ooh, I should be. This is kind of like what I was talking about um, when, I, when we just discussed the June exercise challenge. What I've learned about myself, and I think probably it's relevant to a lot of people, is when I make a plan and put it on the schedule, then I'm not thinking about it anymore. There's no more decision fatigue. The decision has been made. There it is on the schedule. Yep. I just do it. So that's, yeah, I think that speaks to that for sure. Yeah. Um, the second thing that James Clear says is to pick a date to shift from motion to action. So for some goals, setting a daily or weekly schedule doesn't work as well. So that's what you just discussed, which was put it on the schedule. This is like, just pick a date to get something done. So uh, this is something like, that is only gonna happen once, like releasing a new book or launching a project or taking a big exam or submitting a major project. So these mm -hmm. things require some planning up front, which is the motion. They also require plenty of action to complete them. So for example, you could set a schedule each week to write each chapter of your book, but for the book launch itself, you could spend weeks or months planning different venues, locations, and so on. So James Clear says in a situation like this, he finds that it's best to simply pick a date, put something on the calendar, make it public. This is when X is happening. Mm. For big projects or one-time goals, he thinks this is the best approach. Force yourself out of motion and into action by setting a hard deadline. And here's what the bottom line is about motion versus action, according to James Clear. Motion will never produce a final result. Action will. When you're in motion, you're planning and strategizing and learning. Those are all good things, but they don't produce a result. Are you doing something or are you just preparing to do it? Are you in motion or are you taking action? So does this idea of motion versus action resonate with you at all? Jenny and I want to hear about it. So send us an email to the improvement project at drpeggymalone.com or come and find us on the socials. All right, it's time for a segment, which we call, ooh, a me likey. Peggy and I like talking to each other about what podcasts we've been listening to, what books we've been reading, maybe even it's random internet hilarity we've found, and we feel like maybe you might find it fun too. So each week, each of us will share something that we are loving, that we find useful or practical, or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. All right, so I'm up first, and I think that I recommended The Politician Season 1 a while back. It sounds familiar to me and I never did go to it. So I am way behind because I've never even seen the first season. Well, now's your time because season two is out. What? And yeah. And I'm 
I don't know how many episodes in, maybe five episodes in. We've been watching it over the last week, like maybe an episode a night. Um, and wow. So this season, um, if you haven't watched the show, it's about a very ambitious high schooler who in the first season is running for student body president at his high school. And it is more salacious and serious than a presidential election like with how these kids he has like a very serious campaign team but it's also a very funny kind of high school drama it's almost like cruel intentions but lighter like do you remember that movie yeah yeah but it's so well done and the the man who plays the lead character is a really good singer and he once in a while sings on the show like there's a talent show i think anyway the second season now he's graduated and he's moved to new york for college and he finds himself in another campaign race and bet midler and judith light are in it oh my gosh and awesome. they are both so over the top and so excellent like you can tell they're just having a hoot like they're absolutely having fun with this um gwyneth paltrow plays his mother in it and she's very funny in this as well she has a great character in the show um it's also it's so kind of otherworldly and strange that it's it's a great little escape right now if you need something to kind of take your mind off the heaviness of things this is a great show so okay. um the other thing that even if you're not going to watch it watch the introduction okay. to season two the song is amazing and just the kind of cool artsy opening to it. It's very cool. Awesome. Very cool. cool. I don't know how else to say it. It's just, uh, it's one that I don't hit the skip intro button ever. I'm like down for watching it. Oh, that's cool. That's, that, yeah. that's a good, um, a good testimonial for an intro. Cause I always hit the skip intro. Yeah. It's like queer eye. It's so good. You can't skip it. Oh my goodness. What you got? Uh, I love it. All right. So mine moves into a bit heavier uh, okay. from yours not being so heavy. I'm halfway through reading another fantastic book and the book is called hmm. American Dirt by Janine Cummins. So okay. it's the very intense story of a Mexican woman and her son who are on the run from a cartel. They're heading north towards El Norte, which is like Estados Unidos, the United States. Um, and they're running from this cartel that killed their family. So here's where the, the book itself is gripping, compelling, good writing. When you're in it, you're like, whoa, this is so awesome. But I will say this, that this book has some controversy around it, which I've only just learned more about. So I put it okay. on hold at the library months ago before the COVID craziness happened. And then just last week, I got a call from the library saying I could do curbside pickup for my hold. So I was like, sweet, a new book. So this book was in Oprah's book club, which is one of the reasons why I was like, oh, I'll put that on hold. That sounds like a good read. And then here's a quote from right after Oprah chose this book, which gives you an idea of some of the controversy. Okay. Uh, book Twitter reacted to the announcement with swiftness, although perhaps not in the way Oprah's team would have wanted. Citing the recent hashtag own voices movement, American Dirt has been the subject of controversy and criticism since 2019 when early readers first offered their opinions after seeing advanced copies. The book has been called, quote, stereotypical and quote, appropriative 
for, quote, opportunistically, selfishly, and parasitically telling the fictional story of a Mexican mother and son's journey to the border after a cartel murders the rest of their family. One of the more common knocks is that the book engages in, quote, brownface, incorporating a nominally Mexican perspective that was written by a woman who as recently as 2016 identifies as, quote, white. In the lead up to American Dirt's release, Cummins revealed that she has a Puerto Rican grandmother. The conversation surrounding American Dirt's, quote, ripped from the headlines approach to telling this migrant story in an American voice for American readers places it in, within ongoing debates in the lit world about who can tell what stories. Mm. So all of this is something that I just sort of became aware of after already being involved in this story, which is awesome to read because as a reader the intensity of what's happening in the story is crazy so i just wanted to address that there is some controversy around it because it might give some people pause so i'll leave it to you to decide whether you'd like to read it or not based on what i've said but personally i'm finding the book to be as i said gripping and one of those reads that it's difficult to put down because it's intense wow that's really interesting it makes me want to look into that and like what the Latinx community said about that. And yeah, that's very interesting. That's a, anyway, that's a noodler right there. That is a noodler. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on from the noodler to you win or you learn each week. Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right. And there is cause to celebrate or where something perhaps went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity. These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits, or they may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives. This week, we decided to both share a win, mostly because it's our podcast and we do what we want. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right. So my win, and I'll just keep it simple and short, is that I had been struggling with the scrolling at night in my room, like constant, 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 couldn't put the phone down, completely involved in the phone. The phone has been in the kitchen, plugged in. I've been reading my book book, as I just mentioned. And uh, without the scrolling, I am sleeping way better. There's like a definitive difference in my sleep quality. And I'm Uh, I'm going to say that it's related to the less scrolling for sure, both because my mental health is better from not looking at it all the time. And number two, because I'm not getting all of that um, intense blue light in my face right before I'm sleeping. I think that there's something to be said for this, where it really gives me that same feeling I had when we did the 24 hours digital detox. Yeah. Like it gives you a little bit of that, like a little taste of that, where how nice and how much you can actually really unwind Yeah, there's been a definite difference. So um, if you are currently caught up in the scroll, put your phone in a different room, read a book book or meditate or um, listen to something even versus looking at it. I think there's something to be said for that. I always have trouble. Jeff, Jeff is very used to, he was one for always going to sleep to a TV being on. Yeah. Like that's what really helps him get to sleep, but it does the opposite for me. And so we took the TV out of our room years and years ago, but now it's the iPad. Yeah. And I go back and forth because it makes him, it helps him fall right asleep, but then I get really into whatever is on. Yeah. Maybe you guys should listen to like a a show or a podcast or a meditation or something. So at least there's something that's slightly stimulating in terms of 
something to distract you, but is not putting blue light into your eyes. Yeah. I think I need to put it, he always like puts it on my side of the bed. I need to put it over on his so that I am not looking at it and I can't touch the screen and hit another video or. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway. All right. What's your win? All right. Um, so I used to have a pretty horrible diet Pepsi addiction. I'm just going to call it an addiction because it was like at least four or five cans a day, had to have it, thought about it all the time, but didn't even enjoy it. It was very weird. But anyway, several years ago, I kicked it, kicked the habit, cold turkey, didn't turn back. Well, then the pandemic happened. Well, that's not true. It started a little bit before that. But, <laughs> but it fit nicely into the pandemic loophole though, right? Yeah. I had had a little, like if I went out to a restaurant or something, but I wasn't drinking at home. And then when the pandemic happened, it was definitely that like loophole where I was like, well, come on. If there was ever a reason to allow myself this little bit of comfort, this is it. But then you know what started? Like I really enjoyed it at first. And then I started not even enjoying it. I was oh, just dear. drinking it and didn't even like it, but I was still only having one a day. So I felt like things were okay, but I decided I needed to just stop. And so I got to say right now, four days, no soda. Awesome. I have strung together four days and I think that it's from the walking. Like I've just felt better and I felt like wanting to do things to feel better. Right. This is what happens when you start one of those keystone habits. Often it encourages you to want to do some more of the other ones. So that's great. Yeah. Thank you, Jenny. And I think it was, I don't know, it makes me feel really bloated. And I think I felt really good from walking, but then I still felt so bloated and I didn't want to feel like that. Okay. Awesome. Well, keep up the good work. Check in with me on it. No, don't. That doesn't work on me. Because then well, I get rebellion. I'm like, whatever, I do what I want. <laughs> what all right. Maybe I'll subtly check in on you. No, don't. Just no, don't. don't. I'll even. just every once in a while be like, whatever, six days, haven't had any. Okay, I like that. Okay. All right, See, good we're wins. getting to know ourselves, eh? And what yeah, it's works. good. It's good. All right, and that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Did our motion versus action discussion resonate with you at all? We want to hear about it. Let us know. For questions or comments, send us an email to theimprovementproject at drpennymalone.com. You can come and say hi on the socials. Jenny is on Twitter at jakehouse, and I'm on the Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag theimprovementproject. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at theimprovementproject.com. If this episode was helpful at all for you, please be sure to tell a friend and share it with them. This is the number one way that new listeners find our podcast. So if you found it helpful or entertaining, pass it on. We also have a Facebook group. So search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. hey what what looking for a new swimsuit oh yeah yeah what some of those you can purchase a swimsuit online oh yeah one of those things that you need to try on i'd rather not (laughs) okay i like it